You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Thank you so much for staying with us as uh, we continue our show today. What we're doing right now is we're going into what we call the book show. And uh, my guest this afternoon has written a really compelling personal story, but a personal story that fits into all of our history. And I think you're going to find this really, really compelling. Uh, Her name is Natalia Sefuba, and she is now sitting across from me. And Natalia, thank you so much for coming through. What a history you carry with you. What a history you carry with you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon and thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure because, I mean, as I sit, I reflect on how um, the family that you have decided to honor in your book, which is your mother's family, travels like many of us through the history pages of this country's history in such significant ways. Just for, for many of us who are looking to you to look at our own stories, why now and why did you choose this particular family to focus on? It could have been your father's family. Why this particular story? Well, my, my father's history is also there in the book. Yes. But uh, the book, it's uh, mostly about the, the walk-ups. Mm. And the reason is because of the activism mm. that uh, the work of the political activism mm. that the walk-ups had participated mm. in mm. during the struggle. Mm. Now, um, let me just uh, fast forward a bit. When we came back from exile, mm. the family had has always thought that, you know, we needed to document our history. Mm. But we procrastinated over the years, over the years, and nothing happened. We, we just had that in mind, but we, we couldn't really sit down and do this thing. Until, actually, uh, unfortunately, my mother uh, passed away, and as uh, she was the, the, the last one to go, out of uh, 10 siblings, uh, helping the 10th and the 9th had gone, including our grandparents, my uh, grandfather and my grandmother. Mm. So her passing was actually a rude awakening for the family to say, now the last uh, elder person has died and the, the history of the family might, you know, uh, not be documented. That's the reason why actually I decided myself in particular to say we have a challenge, something has to be done because we had hoped that the elders, say our mothers the, our mothers uh, and aunts, including our elder brother George Wokob, who was actually the catalyst for us to yes. be this active in the first place, yes. he had also passed away in 2011. Mm. So my mother's passing was actually one push that made uh, me to, to mm. decide, let me I, just do this. I mean, you speak of your mother in the book as the custodian of your history, as somebody who is very, very passionate about retelling and retelling and making you aware that you really are sitting on the shoulders of giants and and also reflecting back on history that many would did not have the privilege of knowing. So I want to go back, go back to your very famous, is it great, great grandfather? Yes, great, great. Yes. Um, who was the man that, I'll call it consoled, that led the men who were drowning uh, during the Mendy tragedy. Just, 
What a rich history. Do you know how the family got to know about that very famous poem and, and song um, that he read to his compatriots as the, the ship was sinking? Yes. Um, before I go there, let me just say it was such a challenge for me to put this book together because, exactly because of that, I wanted to include everything and in fact take it back to the uh, 1600s mm. or even 1800s, you know, up to our generation. So that on its own made me to think thoroughly, how is the book going to, what is the, uh, uh, the book's format going to be in the first place? Mm. And I tried to do it the way ultimately, you know, the book uh, um, is yes. at the moment. Yeah. From what we hear, we, we actually grew up knowing Yes. For, uh, about the Mendy story yeah. because our grandfather my maternal grandfather used to tell the story to us as young as we were and our mothers, our uncles it was the same thing every year every year, 21st of of uh, February every year they talk about that to say we must remember one, one of ours died in the Mendy. So we grew up knowing that. And as we're going on, you know, with schooling and what have you, uh, recitations, if mm. you may put it that way, were recited at school about the Mendy. So we actually saw this thing. It was a living thing. Mm. It was not a story that was told by the feminine. Actually, it was the history of South Africa, the history of the world. So we became passionate ourselves. You know, it, it's very interesting because scholars have argued about, for instance, why? Why these men went on the SS Mandy? Why? And then there are people who would say, you know, um, they shouldn't have agreed to go. Your great-great-great-grandfather was an elderly person. I mean, it was he was in his 70s already. 64 was years 64. at the time. He was 64 at the time. Yes, it's true. Yes, there is that to say this was a white man's war. Yes. Why did we even take part in this war? Yes. But then if we were to go back to history, remember we're a part of the British Empire, <laughs> you know, and uh, from 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 the history books, you can then read uh, and uh, and see what was going on at the time. South Africa had to take part one way or the other. The British had sent word to their protectorates, to their colonies, to say they needed uh, um, a people. They needed support from those colonies, and South Africa was one of those. Mm. On the other hand, let's remember this is 1917. Mm -hmm. There was already segregational laws in South Africa, taking into account that just prior to that, there was uh, 1913, when the Land Act was passed. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, even if blacks didn't want to participate, but because the segregational laws were so... Uh, had been, you know, they were already there mm. uh, in force. So the ANC at the time, they, together with, uh, or should I say by that time, the chiefs, including, actually even the leaders of the ANC had then decided perhaps if they were to use this opportunity when they go to war and come back, perhaps blacks will be given political space to, to function, to, to take part, you know. This it, was a bargaining tool. 
it was a bargaining tool that was the hope that that was going to happen but uh, after 1917 anyway those that managed to come back unfortunately today we know that was not the case yeah. they were never able to do that instead fast forward to 1948 then the system of apartheid is, is, uh, uh, is put in force so it's un unfortunate that in actual fact here we are 2019 was also talking about uh, the land having been dispossessed yeah. Well, in 2019, what I find very, very sad is these men uh, were never honoured. They were never honoured in the way that any other, any other person who was part of that war was honoured. In fact, even neighbouring countries, Swaziland and all the other Botswana, African Botswana, they have stood by their men and their families and honoured them in a way that any soldier was honoured in this country. Only the white counterparts were honoured and our very own were never honoured to this day. This is where I come in. My take is that before we can even go and blame Britain, we must go back to South, the South African history mm -hmm. because those regimes, they made sure that there is no black man that's going to be honoured. Mm -hmm. We can then escalate it to the British. Mm -hmm. You know, but the problem started here at home with the, the, those racist regime that have been, you, you know, going on and on and on. So they were not honored because of the regime, first and foremost, let alone by the British. That is still outstanding. I know. This is how we feel. It is still, and it still has to be done. Yeah. This war has not, you, you know, begun to, 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 to fade. We are taking it up. We want those men to be honoured one way or the other. What's the delay? It, I mean, there have been promises. We know this. There have been promises. And every year someone says it's coming, especially when we look. When, and in fact, let me tell you what I think. When we are embarrassed by the British honouring theirs every year, specifically in the centenary, when that was big, you know, there was a big ceremony. We were the only ones who didn't have our story right. In fact, on that note, I would really want to, to, to thank our democratic government mm. that we actually took, uh, took part mm. in the centenary. Mm. If it was not our government, perhaps we didn't have even featured mm. in those centenaries. So we really have to thank our government that we featured prominently to such an extent that, in fact, uh, they even sent the, the ship, the mm. S.A. Amatola, mm. that actually left Plymouth to the site of the wreckage itself, where the, 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 the Mendy actually sank. If it was not for the South African government, we wouldn't have been able. So we, we really have to mm. take that into account to say uh, and thank our government for, for that effort. So from the you know the the, the man who who birthed i think that fighting spirit in all of you um to a mother who i just feel what a pioneer what a strength that you had in your mother um in very tough times in very very tough times how do you reflect on your mother now because when when you grow up a relationship with, between mother and daughter changes and evolves now more than ever how do you reflect on your mother's legacy? That's a tough one. Mm. Uh, I think my mother, like all, all her siblings, they were very passionate about their family's history. Mm. They listened to their father, 
but as you know, siblings are not the same. There are those that will be more interested than others. My mother is one of those that really took this, uh, um, uh, you know, the, the, the passion that she had about the Mendy. She related the story after her father had passed away. And for some reason, here I am. <laughs> I come back myself. I listen to my mother. All those stories that we used to hear when we were young. But this time I am, ma I am more matured, um, you, you know, with all the history. Mm -hmm. I then decided after my mother, I said, she had fought so much mm -hmm. and was so passionate about this history. I am not going to let it die. Let me take over myself. As I have been doing so far, it was it was not without any personal sacrifice. I mean, your mother was detained. Your mother was in solitary confinement together with her with elder her, sister, correct. who is George Wogop's mother, Ethel. Yes, and 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 that personal sacrifice, such a great personal sacrifice, having lost her beloved husband very early on, your father, um, that life growing up, um, and also the secrecy. A lot of activity was happening in your home, right? A secrecy as, as a child, watching that growing up. What impact did that have on you? You remember I was not that young then, young but not young politically in the sense that because we were so politicized in the family and in fact we were also in the midst of trouble in the sense that Africans was then introduced as a medium of instruction. We were going to be affected. It was not our mother's problem anymore. Mm. We had to take it on because we had to learn all the all the subjects in Africans, it was going to be implemented as early as January 1976. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, one was not young, mm -hmm. you were directly, you know, affected. Mm -hmm. As a result, we found ourselves being, you, you know, in the struggle mm -hmm. by, by virtue of having these Africans being, you, you know, imposed on us. Mm -hmm. So one was not young at all. The Woke Hopes Generational Activism is the name of the book. And I'm with the author sitting across from me, Natalia Sufuba. And listen, if you want to call in, do do that. Um, really looking at her generation of activists and what a rich story this is, dating all the way back to when her great-great-grandfather had led um, the men of the SS Mendy. I suppose, unfortunately, to their death. But we look and remember the incredible family that she comes from and her personal story as well. Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. On the book feature, The War Gopes, A Generational Activism is the name of the book. And uh, my guest is the author of this book, uh, Natalia Sefuba. And we're really journeying through this incredible family and their contribution to the struggle. And it starts from her great-grandfather's contribution to this uh, South African history, who was a man who sang that very, very prominent uh, poem, um, as the Mendy, SS Mendy was going down. Do you remember the words? The first line. <laughs> well, it goes like, um, be calm and quiet, my countrymen, mm. as what is happening now, it's what uh, we are facing. Mm. You know, you, you, you talk about how your family, generation after generation, reflected on this, on the bravery of this man, on the man who, who led you guys to a life of activism. And, and I want to take it back to you. You went to exile. You know, you couldn't help it. You, I think there are people who tried to stop you along the way. 
But the decision for you to to be one with the many South Africans that were fighting for the liberation of this country, did it come easily for you as an individual? Not at all. It's actually my sister who was stopped by one of our elder brothers as well. But because she could not go, we had had a, a conversation with her to say, the thing is, after 1976, the schooling was not normal. In actual, there was no schooling, if we may put it that way. And uh, remember, the, the whole thing started just with the objection of Africans as a medium of instruction. But the manner in which the system reacted on June 16, then we decided, well, these people don't hear us. So the only thing we must do is to topple the whole regime. So that is one thing that led many of us to exile because we did not expect that reaction. A young man like Hector Peterson or the, the Lovu uh, uh, child as well, mm -hmm. those that died on June 16, very young. I mean, we had no arms. It was just, you know, n nothing. It was stones. We ended up throwing stones and what have you. So the determination that we had is because we thought, if we don't change things now, the Mandelas, the Sisulus, the Katradas were already in Robin Island. The Tambos, even the Sobukwes were being silenced. We said, this is not going to happen mm -hmm. in our lifetime. Then we took to exile with the view that we must go there, get training and come back and topple this government. That was our take at the time. How do you reflect now on Askaris? Because you speak a lot about them in the book. There have been there are difficult uh, chapters mm -hmm. in our struggle mm -hmm. to such an extent that we end up having the Askaris mm -hmm. or enemy agents within the movement, mm -hmm. particularly the ANC. Infiltrators are always expected in, in, a, in a, a war or in a struggle situation. Mm -hmm. South African uh, situation is not an exception. As a result, it, the ANC found itself with that kind of, of infiltration, mm -hmm. and that had to be dealt with. The unfortunate thing about that is that often is taken out of context, mm. out of context completely. What was happening in exile is that because the enemy saw that actually the, its days are numbered mm. and they escalated their brutality mm. in all forms. Mm. One, it was um, cross-border raids, for example. Oh, you speak of one in Lesotho that of, completely yes. broke my heart. Yes, Th those kinds of, of, of raids where... The system will claim that these were terrorists, you know, th those kinds of things. Children and then were children executed. were executed. When they came, they were such cowards because they had even painted their faces and hands black so that you can go back and say it was black attacking. And yet it was the commandos of the South African regime at the time. So all, all those things were happening in the midst of... The, the infiltrators, on the other hand, this is now in the frontline state. Botswana was attacked, Lesotho was attacked, yeah. and um, Tanzania. in Tanzania and Mozambique. They, as well, and, and Mozambique. Mozambique so yeah. all those cross-border raids were taking place. I have to, we have to end it here. I'm so, so sad that we have to end it here. But, but the book is called The Work, at, the work what, 
The Wokop. Pogops. The Wokops. It's spelled C-H-O-P-E-S. And uh, the, my, the author here is Natalia Sufuba. It's a fantastic book full of our history. Please do get it. And I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to us this afternoon. It's three o'clock. Let's get the very latest uh, with Utsile Sako.